For February, we're continuing in our series of apologists and theologians that we love. Since it's the month of love and Valentine's Day, we thought we'd be sharing with you some of uh, these ministries that we've really enjoyed and we've really benefited from. Yes, there's a lot that we have to learn from these other theologians and uh, different leaders and ministries, so we just wanted to give you guys a chance to hear what they had to say because we got some pretty smart people on the show this month. Yeah, we hope you enjoy this podcast with special guest Sean White from Smart Faith. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee. An apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Your hosts for this podcast are Robbie Lashua and Tyler Hurley. Robbie is pastor of apologetics at Desert Springs Community Church, as well as professor of apologetics, worldview, and ethics at Mission Bible Institute. He is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary, as well as a graduate of the Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Tyler is currently earning his undergraduate degree in theology at Grand Canyon University and currently serves as an apologetics intern at Desert Springs Community Church. Hello, welcome to Christ's Culture and Coffee. I'm your host, Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with my illustrious co-host, Tyler Hurley. Illustrious. Illustrious, yep. Uh, Today, I'm excited about the show. We have a very special guest on today to talk about uh, a whole bunch of different things on apologetics, on morality and faith. Mm. Um, uh, My good friend, Sean White. Uh, Sean, I've known for a long time. He is currently seeking out his PhD at Faulkner University. Uh, He's a graduate of the uh, Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University, my alma mater. So obviously, you know, he's real legit because he went to Biola, right? (laughs) (laughs) But he's also a good friend and the founder of Smart Faith Conferences. And actually, this year is the ninth Smart Faith Faith Conference uh, coming up on March 30th. And the theme this year is actually going to be on uh, faith and morality, which is going to be an awesome, awesome conference. Highly encourage you if you're in the Valley to attend. We're going to talk a little bit more about it in the show, but I'll also share a website and and ticket information and stuff in the show notes. But Sean, it's good to have you here with us today. Hey, man. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. No problem. Hey, one of the things that we always talk about, obviously, because the name of the show is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, is uh, do our guests enjoy coffee? And so that's our question for you. Do you like coffee? Um, I like the smell of coffee. And, uh, that's about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. You're still a Christian. Yeah, it's still still there. You're still I mean, yeah, you're still saved, which is which is good. You know, um, that's a follow up like it's, second it's, guideline. It's like the gospel, <laughs> and then it's like, do you like coffee? So I, I don't. You know, it's heterodox, no, not heresy, right? That's right. So. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's no evidence Jesus drank coffee. By the way, I've been looking for a very long time uh, to try wow. to find some. I thought that'd be a good tip on the show, but, but I haven't wait, found Wait, so any you're evidence. telling me Jesus has never tasted coffee? I can't say never. I don't know for sure. I'm just saying well, there's no evidence. Well, if he hasn't, then he truly has suffered in every way that we have <laughs> suffered. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, Sean, even in spite of your lack of loving coffee, we're really glad to have you here on the show today, buddy. Right. Um, and, and that's the tip for today. The coffee tip of the day is all of your friends don't like coffee. Yeah. And that's all right. There's, there's, there's taste and there's preferences. Um, and there are differences, and that's okay because God created us um, different, and there's variety, and I, I like that. So, Sean, I like you in spite of your lack of loving coffee. That's okay. There we go. Thanks, man. 
You're welcome. Appreciate that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you've been waiting to hear that for your whole life. But... <laughs> well, I, I, fi- I finally feel validated. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's valid. And hey, this is going to be posted for the world to hear. So anytime you need to re-listen to it, you know, feel free. <laughs> but no, seriously, super, super excited about having you on the show today. We've been talking about having you on for a long time. Um, and uh, I thought February would just be great as we're trying to highlight different apologists, to highlight different organizations and get it out to the public because people yeah. need to know that there are a ton of really great resources out there. Uh, obviously, Smart Faith, I think is a really great resource. So, yeah, no problem. So we just want to jump in and ask you some questions here. Um, You've been involved in apologetics for a long time. Uh, What do you see as being one or two of the most important aspects of apologetics in the life of a believer? So in the life of a believer, I think um, that it provides uh, anchors and boundary points for a believer when uh, they encounter doubts um, and when they have questions and they are, uh, you know, in the midst of whatever struggle or storm that they're going through that, you know, if God feels far away or you don't feel like God's listening to you, if you've got that good uh, kind of apologetic foundation, you can you can kind of fall back on some of that knowledge to to kind of help. Uh, weather and see you through uh, some of those times. I think you said a couple of interesting things there. Um, are you saying that Christians will have times of doubt? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I I would hope so. Um, and, and the reason I would hope so is because uh, I kind of see doubt as in a positive light. Mm. In that uh, by doubt, I would mean that somebody is is questioning if somebody's questioning, that means that they're thinking about their faith, mm-hmm. that they're uh, wrestling with right. um, tough topics and, and those types of things. And so I don't always view doubt as, uh, you know, something that that is causing you to, uh, you know, jettison your whole faith. But it is it can be a catalyst and a motivation to help us dig deeper mm-hmm. and, and, and propel us forward in our faith um, if we. If we listen to it now, if you ignore it, then I think we run into problems, right? Because then it just kind of grows and festers and, and yes. those types of things. But I think uh, if you address it and you really are thinking about it, then yeah, I think doubt can uh, it can be a positive thing in a in a believer's life. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I'd agree. So many people oftentimes think that you know, oh, to doubt, you know, I'm I'm just. Uh, uh, I'm failing as a Christian, or mm. this is the sign of no faith, you know. But I, I would say no; it couldn't be further from the truth in that it's it's okay to doubt at times because it does show that you're thinking and you're wrestling with things, and God can handle your doubt. Yeah, and I would and I would even say the opposite of that that it is a sign of faith, right? Because mm. you're you're actually taking it serious enough to think about it and to think and, and to reflect on it and those types of things. And and how does it fit in with the larger world that we're living in? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, 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 I was going to say, yeah, like uh, that clearly does. It shows a lack of faith if you're not willing to seek out more evidence for what you believe. Right. Because the whole idea of faith is uh, is belief. And then for that to be built up stronger is through you seeking out these things and having questions and doubts and seeking out. Hey, maybe and it's also don't you want to know if you're wrong? too isn't that something else yeah. that's important like 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 if if christianity wasn't the only way 
to, of salvation or wasn't the way of salvation, wouldn't you want to know if you were living your life uh, like uh, in, in something that's a fantasy? So like, I yeah, think it, I'd rather live in reality than in a yeah, fantasy. Yeah, yeah, right. So like, uh, like we said, like doubts, doubts a good thing. You know, it's it's good to test yourself and seek that out. Well, yeah, I think, and I think that's kind of funny uh, because yeah, I, I do want to know I'm wrong. I just don't know if I want people to tell me I'm wrong. Right, right. <laughs> right? So, so yeah. I got a conundrum there. If I figure out I'm wrong, usually I'm okay with it. But if other people are pointing it out, that's harder for me to swallow. So true. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I think that through doubt, right, we can actually strengthen our faith. Because mm. if if I have doubts about the resurrection or the validity of Scripture or the existence of God or whatever, and then I go look for evidence, right? And that's, that's where I think a lot of people fail is that they have doubts and they let them fester. They don't go seek answers. Right. But if we go seek answers and we find adequate answers that that satisfy our doubts or questions it it reinforces our faith and god again he he keeps proving himself over and over and over and over again through our evidences but if you're not doubting which propels you to go seek evidence you're never strengthening your faith in that way sure and there's something to be said for um uh, you, you know strengthening your faith through your own study, through your own perseverance and and perspiration and those types of things, right? That you're that you're seeking it out, and you just don't have somebody uh, feeding it to you. So I know I was kind of half joking about, um, you know, uh, I want to be right about what I believe. I just don't know if I want anybody to tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but but there is a bit of truth to that too, because I, you know, this is where things like tactics are are important in helping people to to uncover uh, bad thinking for themselves because mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think I'm more willing to change my mind if I'm discovering truth and, and, and can accept it. Right. Versus somebody else coming up to me and, and, you know, your, your defenses kind of go up, your pride kind of comes up, your, you know, those types of things. So, so it is important uh, to be, um, constantly uh, seeking truth and, and constantly uh, learning about your faith. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It is it is an interesting fact of life that I am more accepting of my discovery of of being wrong than, than other people telling mm-hmm. me. But yeah, so you're absolutely right. With tactics, how can we move into helping people themselves uncover the deficiencies in their thinking? to help push them towards truth. I think that is an awesome uh, way to think about stuff. So often, and I mean, even culturally, it's just about yelling louder, right? Or being more right. obnoxious. It's not about allowing space and and helping somebody discover for themselves what's true. No, nobody even allows that anymore. Right. Yeah. It's all, it's all shrill. It is. Yeah, it, it really is. So, well, that's awesome, man. So what do you think? Uh, you said that that um, an aspect of apologetics is that when when doubts arise, um, it can actually help us to be anchored on some of these apologetics arguments, some of these essentials. What do you think some of the essentials people should be anchored in are? And, and are you talking about from an apologetic standpoint? Yeah, as as Christians, um, if if times of doubt come, what what are the you know one two three main things that you think people really need to have a good handle on to deal with doubt? Uh, yeah, so probably, uh, you know, understanding morality, I think is is a big one. Um, 
you know, how, how can, because everybody's affected by suffering and tragedy and, and, and evil and those types of things. And so, you know, trying to wrestle with and understand um, how, you know, there can be a good God and so much evil Mm -hmm. and uh, realizing that evil presupposes uh, good. Um, And, you know, it's, that, that's one of those that when you're in the midst of suffering and when you're in the midst of uh, of going through something really bad, that it's hard to pull back and have that kind of long view perspective, right? I, you you kind of have to build that up prior be, to getting into a bad situation. Yeah. Um, because it's not going to be helpful the moment that you're in it and you know, you're trying to figure it out at that point. Um, and, and I usually call that uh, spiritual myopia, right. That, that we, that, that, that are, we kind of tunnel vision or spiritual mm-hmm. view of life, right. Because we're in crisis and we need to focus on what's happening right now in this situation. And we don't have a broader picture of, you know, God's plan, uh, maybe in our life or maybe just in the world in general or whatever's going on. Yeah. You know? no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think that like, it's so important for us to have a handle on it before the tragedy strikes, right? Mm. Because when emotions are running high, I'm not thinking straight. And so to, to do rigorous thinking at that time and to figure out what's going on versus having figured out why God's allowing evil prior to it, and then being able to recall that it's it's a different uh, it's, it's it is a completely different activity, and it can save you from um, letting your emotions run everything in your thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just um, you, you mentioned I was going through my PhD program in our class uh, just recently. We've read through Job a few times, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they. Job's friends have a particular idea of how morality should work, right? That um, if you're if you're doing good things, good things are going to happen to you, and if you're doing bad things, then bad things are happening to you. And therefore, Job needs to repent for whatever he's done. And Job keeps uh, holding on to his integrity. Mm-hmm. And Job's asking God, you know, all these questions, and God doesn't give Job any answers. He gives. He gives Job more riddles <laughs> to solve. And for whatever reason, Job finds comfort in that. Um, and I think that's important for us, especially on a topic like, you know, suffering and morality and those types of things, is that this world isn't set up to be very black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not an equation. We don't we don't plug in the the, the situations and certain variables and get an answer. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot more going on in reality than than what we often account for. And I actually think, uh, you know, the spiritual reality is probably the primary reality, and we're and we're the secondary reality. There, there's probably so many things that are happening around us that we just don't see mm-hmm. um, that ripple into into our world and our lives and those types of things that that, um, you know, happen and, and and we have to have, we we have to be set up ahead of time Mm. to be able to kind of slow down and, and, and take those things into consideration. 
Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I, I'd agree, you know, even, you know, scripturally, it talks about how we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, mm, right? Yeah. But against principalities, the powers of the air. Um, yep. I, I often think about that really bizarre passage in Daniel where Daniel's praying and then an angel shows up three weeks later and he says, hey, God sent me right when you started praying, but I've been fighting the Prince of Persia and I couldn't get here. <laughs> right. go, what is happening out there? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. It is insane. Yeah, so I'd agree with you. There's stuff going on we have no concept of. I mean, obviously, Job points that out extremely, right? He had no idea that this this divine battle between Satan and God is occurring. He just knows his life is in turmoil, right? Right. Um, yeah. So so yeah, that's that's a really great point. Well, with, with morality and faith, why uh the conference, right? The the conference coming up March 30th. Why did you choose this theme to be the theme of the conference this year? I thought because uh morality is such a broad topic. Um mm-hmm. and what I what, one of the things I was hoping to to kind of push for out of this is, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of the speakers yeah, as well, I do, right? It's there's same guys, phenomenal right? speakers, you and me. <laughs> and so it's a, it's then there's everybody amazing. else. Yeah. Then there's, there's some other guys. No, no, go ahead and name who the, who, who all is speaking. I'm speaking at it. You're speaking at it. Yeah. Uh, James Umber and Marty Clapp from mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. an examined life. I think that's yeah, their, we've had yeah, we've yeah examined life. You're right. We've yeah. had uh, we've had Marty on the show before. He's done a couple of uh, podcasts yeah, with us right. on, on evolution yeah. and uh, and DNA. Yeah, really great. good stuff. Yeah, I love that both, guy. both of them. James and Marty are both great. Yeah, and then we got a guy coming out from California who's a Talbot student by the name of Jason Hyde, and he's going to be helping out as well. But uh, yeah, this idea of faith and morality, um, the intersection between them two. Um, one of the things, well, there's a couple of couple of things I was thinking about when, uh, you know, we were kicking around the the theme for this last year. Um, one was morality is, I mean, that touches everybody, right? The landscape is really broad for that topic. Yes. Um, and so, the talks and the topics are are pretty much wide open because I think you can tie almost anything back to, uh, you know, this idea of morality. Uh, the second thing was. Um, you know, I think we can only hear the Kalam cosmological argument so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I was wanting to find different ways to get us to think about God um, that didn't necessarily require that, no matter how good of an argument that is. But but let's think about it this way. If the Kalam cosmological argument goes through, and I think it does, then are there moral implications? for it going through. In other words, what I mean by that is, you know, I, uh, I've gained some new knowledge now, mm-hmm. right. About the world. Am I morally responsible for now, how I respond to that new knowledge that I've given? So mm-hmm. the claw may not be a moral argument itself, but does it have moral implications? You know, That's and, interesting. And, and so I was kind of thinking about some of those types of things when, when, uh, yeah, I was thinking about the theme. That's awesome, man. And for for our listeners, uh, the Kalam cosmological argument, if you don't know it, Google it. Look it up. Uh, It's basically all things that begin to exist have a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has a cause. And it is a very strong argument for the existence of 
uh, of a God, right? It doesn't get to yeah. the Christian God, um, but it's a step towards there being the existence of a God. And you're right, Sean. If if that if that is an accurate argument, if that is an airtight argument, which we would say it is, um, because sure. the universe did have a beginning, um, then yeah, am I morally responsible with that new knowledge I have? That's a that's an interesting question, and um, even getting into the gospel, it seems people are morally responsible or, or culpable for what they do or do not believe, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, so it, it kind of gets into that. Yeah, I think uh, I think if I have a particular body of knowledge, I need to uh, respond in a particular way, and this gets back to what we were saying at the beginning of the show that. Um, uh, oh, I'm going to lose my thought here. Maybe I need some coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that, that's why you have coffee. Okay. That's why, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. It's just gone. It'll come back to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, having a belief, right? Like, Because people are responsible mm-hmm. with what they believe about Jesus. And mm-hmm. to not decide is to decide. Right? We're, right. We're got, that, that is the, the linchpin is what are you going to believe about Jesus? What are you going to do with him? Is he sufficient? Did he pay it all? Are you placing your trust in what he did and the work he accomplished? Or do you think he's just some old teacher you know, who existed that really doesn't apply to your life at all? And what you believe about that, you have a responsibility in. What you choose to do, you're responsible for uh, for eternity. And so right. yeah, the existence of God is a big um, – uh, uh, we, we do have a moral responsibility for what we do with new knowledge when we learn it. Yeah, and, and, and that's the connecting point I was going to go back to is that um, you know, our, if our doubts are spurning us forward to study more about our faith and to think about our faith, then the more knowledge we get about our faith, the more grounded we should be, and, and it should um, affect uh, you know, how we – how we view the world, how we view ourselves, how we view other people, um, how we view God. And I, well, and that's where it has to start, right? With how we view God. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think, I, I think everything flows top down from God. Um, our theology is built off our view of God and our apologetic is built off our understanding of theology. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I, it's kind of how I see, yeah. you know, kind of cash that out. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, that knowledge, uh, you're responsible for to yourself and to, and to uh, hopefully you care enough about other people that you want to help them find the truth as well. Mm-hmm. And so you share that truth with them. Well, you can even ask the question, if I have the truth of the Kalam cosmological argument or the gospel of Jesus, right? And I also have the truth and the knowledge that I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. I do have a moral responsibility to tell them the truth. Yeah, and I mean, that, yeah, and that's and that's sure. absolutely with the call of the Christian, right? I mean, that's what we do. We're called to make disciples. I mean, that's what yes. we're supposed to be doing, right? That's our primary goal. Apologetics is not our primary goal. Uh, making people into disciples is our primary goal. Yes. Apologetics is a tool in the tool shed mm-hmm. that we bring out when we need it, right? It's it's you don't use a flathead or you don't use a Phillips head on a, on a flathead screw. Right. And sure. that's the wrong, that's the wrong piece of equipment. <laughs> um, I don't bring out the Kalam every time I have a conversation with a skeptic because it's not the right uh, tool unless they have a question about that. Right. And yes. so, and so we have to be 
we have to show some discernment and some wisdom in our conversations with people and, and, and choosing the right things to give them, to help them to truth. Yes. Yep. I definitely agree. That's awesome, man. So I, I like your thinking towards that and getting back to the morality of things and uh, and responsibility yeah. uh, in regards to apologetics and in regards to this conference. So um, I'm looking at the schedule of speaking here and the topics, and, and I just want I, – I really want our listeners, if you're out there – and you're in the Phoenix area, go to this conference. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's, again, March 30th. Um, it's an all-day conference. You're going to get your money's worth. There's a free lunch included with tickets. Uh, you can find all the info about it at smartfaith.org. Um, but some of the topics being talked about are just great. Um, judging others, right? Is it always wrong? And you hear that so much in our culture about there's this morality out there that you shouldn't judge me. Uh, which in and of itself is yeah, a judgment. Do not judge. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, restoring true tolerance. James Umber is going to talk about that, which is awesome. So often the, the the word tolerance gets thrown around and used as a bludgeoning tool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it? Um, Jason Hyde, who's he's the only speaker I don't know, but I'm excited <laughs> to hear it. He's talking about the inadequacy of naturalism to explain objective moral values. That is going to be fascinating on a atheistic worldview. Can you get objective morality? Uh, then I'm going to be speaking on homosexuality. And Sean, you are speaking on something that you said this is a brand new talk, the moral imagination. Right. Yeah. Can you give us a snippet about what that's going to be? Um, yeah. I think, you know, often, often when I think when we think about apologetics, well, let, let me ask the question, right? When, when you first heard the word apologetics, when you were first starting to, to learn about it and, and, and those types of things, and maybe even now, what is it that you typically associate it with in terms of, uh, of like learning? What do I it's, associate apologetics with? Yeah. It, is it more intellectual, more emotional, more... It's more yeah, uh, intellectual. Intellectual, Knowledge. right? And I think people... Yeah. Yeah. And I think people typically associate apologetics with with a something that's kind of heady, mm-hmm. you know, and, and more intellectual. So the idea of moral imagination is that there's more to a person than just their intellect, although the intellect is important. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, how, um, how else can we reach people and still show them truth and get them to God, uh, other than the intellect, well, okay. one way one way would be through the imagination. Um, how can, are, are we telling good stories? Are we listening to good music? Are we watching good films? And, and by those things, I mean not just morally good, but also things that are done well. Right? Are hmm. are the people um, good craftsmen of their art? Um, you, you know, and, and, and writing compelling stories and things. Uh, I think of. And I don't know if any of this is going to be in my talk because I'm still kind of working it out. But, um, you know, I think of an individual like a Christopher Nolan and the Dark Knight trilogy, right? Yeah. I think that trilogy is fantastic. It's amazing. Um, It it is. But I don't think Christopher Nolan's a Christian. Mm -hmm. I I think he – He's agnostic or, or or something, you know. I don't I don't know if he has a faith belief or or any of that. But look at how much money that series made, that trilogy worldwide. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like billions of dollars, right? Uh So what does that tell you? It tells you that it resonates with people. Hmm. And why is it resonating with people? Because there's something in those films that are common to everybody that, that is striking a chord with them. Right. And so they go back and they watch it. Well, here's the connecting point for me. If we're made in the image of God, then there are certain things that are common to everybody, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And when those things are presented to us, we respond positively to them. Hmm. Right. And so, and so Christopher Nolan, who's probably not a Christian, goes out and makes a film that everybody flocks to go and see. There's something there that's that's resonating true to us that's probably borrowed from Christianity and, and he doesn't even realize it. And the people watching it don't even realize it. And how do we connect that? How do we connect people's imagination to that goodness and that truth and that truth and that beauty mm-hmm. that that points them back to uh, the, the God in whose image they're created. Wow. Man, that's awesome. That's a good thought. Yeah, that's a great thought. I think this is, this is a new way for us to approach reaching people um, and appealing to people, um, yeah. not just through the intellectual arguments, but through the emotion, through the arts. That sounds awesome, man. I'm excited about this talk now. Yeah, that's great. I might, <laughs> I might come before. to this conference. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was. I was super stoked. Before. I, you always do a good job. I knew it would be great. Um, man, You're so, going to be the guy who shows up five minutes before his talk. No, come on. No, no. I've only done, done that, you know, a few dozen times <laughs> in my life. I don't make a habit. Uh, <laughs> no, that's going to be great. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about hearing all the speakers, honestly. And um, right. I've been to this conference. I'm trying to remember. This is probably the fourth, fifth year in a row um, I've been. And I, I do. I stay in and I listen to the other guys because I learn stuff every time I'm there. Uh, if you are out there and you are going to come to this conference, you're going to love it. You're not going to be disappointed. You're going to come away refreshed. You're going to come away encouraged. You're going to come away with a deeper understanding of your faith. And you're going to come away more confident knowing that what you believe is accurate and it is true and it matches up with reality. But above all of that, you're going to go away equipped to talk with people in your circles, to talk with people in your life about who Jesus is and um, why he makes all the difference and why they need to follow him. And so I just, I love these conferences because it is, it's like a big shot in the arm for people to go out and get excited about who Jesus is. Oh yeah, I agree. And I I think we got to, Got a good group this year. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. So again, how how much are you selling the tickets for? Uh, twenty dollars. Wait a second. Twenty dollars, and that includes free lunch. It does. It includes a uh, Chick Fil A. Christian into- chicken. Christian chicken, man. We <laughs> baptize them and everything. Wow, that's amazing. I do always dunk yeah. the chicken <laughs> in Chick Fil A sauce, but yeah, that's different. <laughs> that's a different kind of baptism. <laughs> that's awesome. No, so okay, so but twenty dollars for an all day conference and lunch. That's a that's steal. Right. You can't oh, go to the great. movies and get snacks for for that cheap. 
No. And this is more beneficial, and this is more uh, uh, important, obviously, for your faith, for your Mm -hmm. development as a Christian to deepen your understanding of who Jesus is. So if you're out there and you live in the Phoenix area, which I know a lot of you do because I get the analytics for the show and I see what cities (laughs) listen, Phoenix is right there near the top. Uh, if you're out there, come to this conference. Uh, March 30th, it's going to be at Calvary Phoenix on I-17 in Cactus. You can get tickets online, smartfaith.org. Mm. Um, they're $20, includes lunch. Invite your friends. Get people to come to this conference because you will be encouraged. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right, Sean. Well, thanks for joining us today, man. This has been great. I like you think differently than I do. Um, you and 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 I I hope this. I hope you take this with a compliment. I think it's because you read so much G.K. Chesterton, and oh, that dude. guy Actually, he thinks different, right? He just he, the whole time with everything that he that Sean was just talking about. I kept thinking G.K. Chesterton. Interesting. I really did. I'm not like that's really funny. You brought that up. It, well, it's true. I think. Sean, I really do think it, because you've immersed yourself in so much Chesterton, um, the the upside down thinking he does that's a little different. It's off the beaten path of apologetics. Mm. It's so needed. Yeah, um, man, yeah. It, it does seem like your mentor, G.K. Chesterton, through all the books you've read, is rubbing off on you, which is really cool. I hope so. Um, you know, I struggle with reading him. Not that he's not that he's difficult to read, but. Uh, you know, he's challenging because, like you said, he does see the world, uh, you know, differently, yes. but he gets us to see it again for the first time, mm. which is what always excites me when I read him. Yeah, definitely. And if, if our readers out there have never heard of G.K. Chesterton, uh, now you have. And now going back to our first. Yeah, you have no excuse. Yeah, you're, yeah you're, right. I would say you're morally responsible with this knowledge <laughs> to go right. out and to read. Get the book Orthodoxy. Read G.K. Yeah. Chesterton's Orthodoxy. I made some high school seniors read that when I was a youth pastor. Yeah, I was one of those seniors. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. Like you, uh, the, the It's the fourth chapter, right? The Ethics of Elfland. Oh, the man. Chapter. One of the best chapters I've read of anything outside of Scripture in my life. Yeah, I, mean, I always. That is phenomenal. Yeah, I always say that out of out of everything outside the Bible, out of all of literature I've read, that's that's hands down my favorite chapter. It's it so is good. It's amazing. Yeah, go get the book. Go read G.K. Chesterton's book, mm. Orthodoxy, and the fourth chapter will blow your mind. It is amazing. So, Sean, you're yeah. doing good stuff, man. We thank you so much just for how much you love people. Uh, you love them enough to suffer through getting a PhD. I know that's oh, – I mean yeah. it is a lot of work, a lot of work. And you're doing it because you care about people and you care about Christianity and you care about making a case for the faith. And so we're really grateful for people like you who are going out there doing the hard work uh, because you want to serve other people. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thank you. No problem, Sean. Well, thanks for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Um, Obviously, our goal is always to equip Christians with truth so that you can go out there and defend your faith, but it's also so you can be confident in your faith, so that your faith can grow deeper and that you can become more and more faithful and more and more confident in who Jesus is. Yeah, and so hopefully this podcast, again, has been beneficial to you guys, uh, to you listeners, and that uh, all the guest speakers that we're bringing in, um, um, I'm excited for who else we have left coming up soon. It's going to be exciting. Uh, um, and just be sure to keep listening and uh, follow our Instagram page. You, uh, you can go on there and you'll see we'll be posting updates and short little bios of each of the guest speakers as they come up. And uh, if you just follow the Instagram page, you also just get to keep up in general on what's going on with the podcast. So Yeah, and the Instagram page is Christ Coffee Culture, right? No and. 
There's yeah. just it's just Christ coffee cult Christ, Christ culture, culture coffee, coffee but just Sorry. no end. No, it's all Christ right. Christ culture coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Christ culture coffee, no end. It's just straight as though you just type it through, no caps, nothing. That's how you find it. So Yeah, we'd love for you great. to follow us on there, connect with yes, us on please, there. On we the throw Instagram. up different uh, uh, questions, and if you share stories with us, sometimes we give out free coffee mugs on we there. We do. That so. that has happened, so look look out for that as well. So hey, I, I got a really quick question for you. Okay. Yeah. Since coffee is such a big deal, uh-huh. do you take communion? Yes, I do take communion. Do you do, do you do little espresso shots, or do you actually do like... <laughs> well, I know, because Jesus didn't use espresso. He, maybe he should... If, well, if he was in Italy... Maybe he would have. Nah, they have a lot of wine in Italy too. I don't okay. know. Do. Yeah. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, nope. we do. We don't do it with espresso shots. Not, right. not yet. Not anyway. yet. But I am gonna try to convince Jesus in heaven to uh, have coffee. I think that would be interesting. I think because he's omniscient, he does know what it tastes like. But I'm not sure if he's ever actually drank it in his human body. So it's gonna be interesting to ask. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, thanks again, Sean, for being with us today. Thank you, listeners, for hanging out with us on Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and we will catch you guys next week. All right. Thank you. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.